previously on Below the Bible Belt. There should be more black exploitation in politics. That's whenever I realized it was just a bearded gangster smoking a cigar dressed like a little girl. I think I may have committed voter fraud. So, you're the puppet master of Georgia. What are your thoughts on improving Mississippi's education? No. I have my first cabinet member. I get cryogenically frozen for four years, and this is the welcome I get. James, there's something I need to tell you. I had a twin brother once upon a time, and the last I heard of him, they shipped him off to Alabama. And now, the thrilling conclusion. Continuing sordid confessions of two men who still have nothing in common but an accent. I'm still James. I guess I'm still Matt. I don't know. And I'd like to begin this with a small apology for last week's uh, cliffhanger. Uh, it turns out that Matt's twin brother is actually MB. Just, I, I'm as disappointed as you are. Yes. I mean, it really took some of my damper out. You know, took, took the wind out of my sails. It's okay. You'll make it work. Yeah, I guess. I just, I don't want to admit to people that I have a Yankee on my tree now, my family tree. I can deal with violent scumbags. I can deal with crazy women who shoot at people. I can deal with fighting racists who may or may not be my father, but <laughs> a Yankee will not stand. By the way, is that like the Southern Dr. Seuss book? There's a Yankee on my tree. <laughs> if it's not, it needs to be. That'll be the first book released by Blow the Bible Belt Publications. Now, one thing we didn't get into in last episode was a few stories we had prepared for the occasion. Yeah, a few. yeah. while the presidential race was big, I mean, there's more to politics than just that. Mainly hatred. Mainly hatred, yes, exactly. Um, During the few years I was a uh, news reporter at a radio station in northeast Georgia, uh I got into some of the local politics, just covering it, like going to meetings. So this is back when you were still Scoop Johnson. <laughs> That's what they called me. But, uh, yeah, I would go to, like, meetings, city council meetings, board of education meetings, just pretty much any kind of, like, government. I even went to, like, to the hospital authority board's meetings. I, I mostly went to those because they had free food. And bel- <laughs> Free hospital me, food. <laughs> I'm not the only one. That, I'm pretty sure if not for the food, half the board wouldn't have showed up. <laughs> well, the cheesecake is pretty good. They did have some nice uh, pork chops. I don't know what it is with hospital food, but usually the meat is actually pretty good. Yeah, they get those from the former patients. It's people! <laughs> <laughs> ran in. He ripped his shirt off. The key lime pie is people! <laughs> There's apes coming. (laughs) From my cold dead hands. Sir, please go back to your room. So it was written, so it shall be done. You maniacs, god damn you. He's pointing at the empty cheesecake tray. But no, like, uh, I've mentioned before, like, how crazy the uh, city council meetings were in my hometown. Uh, Callan Falls. Police having to escort people all the time out of the building, um, stuff like that. Uh, the ones in Elberton were a lot more civil, for the most part. Uh, so every now and then there would be some contentious moments, but um, them trying to start a civil war. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite aspects of working there was that on the board of commissioners, the uh, in Georgia, the county council is called the board of commissioners. It's the same thing, just a governing body of uh, elected officials who act like, say, like a county council, except they just call them commissioners. I'm not really sure why they do. It's just, it makes them feel like Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, probably so. Um, they all have mustaches. Most of them did, except for a few. But uh, How many daughters named Barbara that they have between them? I think it's a rule that if you get elected, all your daughters have their names changed to Barbara. And you have to have a son named James that you don't talk about. And who may or may not be crazy. 
But uh, one thing I liked about the Board of Commissioners, I had the inside man on the Board of Commissioners. <laughs> <laughs> I say inside man. I keep uh, saying it. You are like just the political puppet master of Georgia. <laughs> um. Well, this guy who he was an elected official, he was on the Board of Commissioners. He worked at the radio station. He'd worked at the radio station for years before I ever got there. He was an older man. He was retired at this point. His name was John Hubbard. And um, he was an old black man. I say inside man, but pretty much what it amounted to was like after the meetings and stuff, I'd go back to the radio station and start working on the story. And I don't know, about 20, 30 minutes later, he'd pull up and he'd come in and we'd just talk about the meeting and stuff. I used to love, like, he didn't really say much in the meetings themselves. Like, you know, the chairman did a lot of the stuff. But he'd come in. And, like, a lot of times if it was, like, a meeting that a lot of stuff went on and something he didn't agree with, he'd come in. First word, you see that shit? <laughs> That's some bullshit. Was and this guy Samuel L. Jackson? I don't know. He – I remember he had a famous moment where at a board of uh, education meeting, there were these two people. This uh, guy who used to be on the school board, he was kind of a dickhead, and his wife was a dickhead, too. She would sit in the crowd and stuff and – calls all kinds of shit yeah she tried to boss him around one day you know he was like i don't report to you i'm with the board of commissioners you can kiss my ass bitch <laughs> told her that like after the, you know out in the, like, the parking lot or something yes they deserve to die <laughs> sir we're discussing education one of my favorite moments i wish i had this recorded but uh he gave me a soundbite one time it was it was like in june or july it was about what it was about was they were having to delay passing their yearly fiscal budget because they were waiting on some tax money to come in. And they needed that money to balance it. And I was like, he came up to the station one day. I was like, hey, John, why don't you give me a quote about uh, why y'all are delaying the budget? And in about the 30 seconds I recorded it, he maybe said budget 25 times. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, tonight we uh, we we tried, we, we, we called a meeting to try to balance the budget. You see, because the... Uh, State of Georgia says that uh, you need to balance the budget before the end of June because if you don't balance the budget, then you can't have no budget. And so we just tried to balance the budget tonight and getting some stuff to balance the budget because, like I said, the budget does need to be balanced because if it ain't balanced, then you ain't got no budget. So that's what – we did. We we met to balance the budget. But balance. And so, yeah, after that, I had to clean it up. Pretty much by the time I got done, he was like, yeah, uh, we met tonight to uh, balance the budget. And then that's why I cut it off right I can't pay the rent, but you must pay the rent. But I can't pay the rent. Yeah. But uh, he, he was just great, and uh, he got he got thrown out of office. I say thrown out of office. He, got, he only served about four years, uh, one term. He was exposed as your informant. Because <laughs> I messed with him. I told him that, uh, you know, when he got thrown off, I was like, he was the only black guy on the Board of Commissioners. And I joked with him, I said it was like a reverse Obama effect. You know, instead of hope, it was nope. And they just, they, I mean, he got, he lost in like a landslide. It was unbelievable. Despite his inspiring fuck all y'all message. Exactly. I would have voted for him had I lived in his district. But uh, there was another guy, too, on the board. Uh, he retired at one point, but. He was hilarious because of his backstory. Apparently, this was before I ever started working uh, in news. Um, I was still in high school when this happened, but he got accused of stealing from the county when he was a commissioner. And what he stole was, were tires. <laughs> stole tires for some odd reason, supposedly from the road shop where they kept like the uh, cars and stuff. And what was funny about it was that. Over the years, just because of that, like people would bring up stuff like so, like some of the other commissioners during meetings stuff would be like subtle jabs towards them, you know, about like how we need to be fiscal and we can't, you know, die. Everyone's watching us. We need to be on our best behavior, you know. Like I said, subtle jabs to him. And one time, someone says so. He got mad. He's like, "Damn it! I ain't stealing no damn tires. How many times <laughs> I got somebody? I ain't stole a damn thing." Somebody goes over to his house. They see a few too many rolls of toilet paper. They suspect something. Pens keep disappearing. <laughs> Those two guys were especially – I mean that's one thing I – like we mentioned, I like local politics because anybody, you know, all you need is to put your name down and pay like $50, and you can run for public office. 
No, it's like one of those Nabisco contests. You send in a small essay and you can become an elected official. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, look at you. Apparently, you're a big political player. It don't take much. You have your own deep throat. You're committing voter fraud. Uh, yeah, I'm running. I'm running George's version of Tammany Hall down here. I'm Boss Tweed. <laughs> you're the brain trust. Exactly. The governor. Oh, well, sorry. The governor's calling. I have to go deal with the, the high inflation of corn. <laughs> He's calling on the white phone. Yeah. <laughs> The only phone I'll answer. That's one of the things I always liked about politics, for the most part, and local from a local standpoint, just because it necessarily was never about, hardly ever was it about, like, Democrat or Republican, you know, or philosophical differences. It was always just about the people, you know. It was always about crazy versus slightly less crazy. Exactly. Nothing beats watching an old man challenge another old man to go out into the parking lot and fight. <laughs> fight for the future of the country. <laughs> We draw this at noon. Considering that, you know, I don't have a stroke before then. But Lexington, you old saddlebag. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We Down here at local politics, we still act like it's the 1820s. All the politicians carry revolvers Pretty in much. case Andrew Jackson shows up. You never know. He's been spotted a few times at meetings just giving the stink eye. I mean, that, that was a man too murderous to die. Exactly. It's entirely possible he killed death. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. But yeah, that's just two two points that I remember about like my time in local politics. But uh, speaking of crazy, yes, <laughs> nice segue. There's always a segue when you talk about crazy. Pretty much. But uh, going back to Obama and the election for a minute. Mm-hmm. This was about four years ago. I think right before the election, I was perusing my local Walmart because I'm classy like that. Yeah, that is Alabama's version of the mall. It's Alabama's Macy's. <laughs> yeah, you go there to be seen, not to buy anything. Exactly. It's a social gathering. Now, let's perusing the book section. We got all the vampire romance novels <laughs> and the action Bible, which I'm going to buy one day. It's basically a really over-the-top comic book made out of the action scenes of the Bible. It has ripped Jesus. It looks amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just this one copy they've had in that section for, like, a decade. I don't think anyone has ever tried to buy it. One day. I don't think you can buy it. I think it belongs to the store. <laughs> but um, I was walking through there, and I noticed a book, the fiery red cover, and an image of Barack Obama looking very menacing. And the title was, The Roots of Obama's Rage. Because when you think of Barack Obama... The first thing you think of is his boundless, boundless rage. He is like Bruce Banner. That's his secret. He's always socialist. <laughs> so I pick it up and I look at the inside flap. There's a quote from Newt Gingrich. Stunning. The most profound insight I've ever read in the last six years about Barack Obama. So I'm thinking, if Newt Gingrich likes it. Of course, this is the man who wrote an alternate history book where the South won the Civil War. I mean... His credentials are high. He wants to put us on the moon. If he'd been president, we would have been on the moon by 2020. Come on. We would have our drinks served to us by sexy moon women. The Cylons would be there. <laughs> Except for that chick in the red dress. He doesn't think she can be trusted. <laughs> so I look at the description. It reads, You will never see Obama the same way again. He's been called many things. A socialist. A radical fellow traveler. A Chicago machine politician, a prince of the civil rights movement, a virtual second coming of Christ, or even a covert Muslim. But as New York Times best-selling author Dinesh D'Souza points out in this shockingly revealing book, these labels merely slap our own preconceived notions on Barack Obama. See, Barack Obama's more of an idea than a person, I guess is what he's saying. I think I'm, I'm having this picture of, like, Obama and, like, Joe Biden. He's like, you know... As a man, I can only do so much. But as a Barack Obama, I can be something else entirely. It's Joe Biden saying that. He just starts <laughs> painting himself black. <laughs> you never see them in the same place? Yeah, exactly. Except for the State of the Union address, but that, that's all special effects. CGI. They explains all the explosions. Michael Bay directed the last State of the Union. Basically, Joe Biden is just his Bruce Wayne persona. That's why he's so bumbling, because he wants to deflect any attention away from him. 
Oh my god, I've never. You might want to be careful. I think the CIA might be coming for you. You have figured out there's a drone headed towards your house right now. The real Obama is a man shaped by experiences far different from those of most Americans. He is much stranger, more determined, and more exponentially dangerous than any man you'd ever imagined. Really? So Obama's the doctor, pretty much. Huh. Well, no, they may be saying it would be more like the master. <laughs> That's why he wants universal health care. He's driven mad by the sound of drums. <laughs> he is not motivated by the civil rights struggles of African Americans in the 60s. Those battles leave him wholly untouched. He is not motivated by the socialist or Marxist propaganda that hypnotized a whole generation of woolly-eyed academics and condescending liberals. Those concepts also leave him cold. What really motivates Barack Obama is an inherited rage, an often masked but profound rage that comes from his African father, an anti-colonialist rage against Western dominance, and most especially against the wealth and power of the very nation Barack Obama now leads. It is this rage that explains the previously inexplicable, and that gives us a startling look in what might lie ahead. <laughs> Because you know how crazy Barack Obama is. Just no. I mean, remember the time he was addressing Congress and he just threw a chair at Joe Biden, or what we thought was Joe Biden. What we thought the CGI recreation of Joe. Yes. Um. One of his many Biden bots. I do want to say that if this podcast is work out, you have a future ahead of you as the narrator in attack ads, political <laughs> attack ads. I think you could do it. I'm one of the few people who can muster up enough disgust to voice those things. <laughs> Barack Obama says he believes in America, but let's look at the facts. Why was he wearing this Canada shirt? But who is this guy who wrote this book? I don't, I mean... Dinesh D'Souza, a man with a suspiciously foreign name. I know, that's what I'm wondering. I wonder if it's some conspiracy. Why you unscramble it and it reads Glenn Beck? <laughs> My God. Glenn Beck and Mitt Romney, they wrote it together. Did you buy this book, or did you just look no. through it, or... I mean, I was tempted to buy it, don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, you could buy it for comedic purposes, obviously. I mean, if I had 99 cents on me, I probably would have. But. <laughs> but actually, I'm not done. There's more written on here. Oh, no, really? If you thought this it, is how long, how long is this jacket sleeve? That's what I want to know. Basically, he published the novel on the jacket. <laughs> the inside is just him like wearing lingerie for some reason. And the back is an excerpt from the book. We are today living out the script for America and the world that was dreamt up not by Obama, but by Obama's father. How do I know this? Because Barack says so himself. Reflect for a moment on the title of his book. It's not dreams of my father, but rather dreams from my father. Huh? In other words, Obama is not writing a book about his father's dreams. He is writing a book about the dreams that he got from his father. This is some black dynamite level deduction here. I don't know what – I mean it's brilliant. Obama is a puppet for the Kenyan government. I knew it. <laughs> or his dead Kenyan father, or who we believe is dead. That man – I'm pretty sure the big review in that book is that man – his father faked his death, went to Saudi Arabia. I want to see the death certificate. <laughs> That's all I want to see, and then I'll shut up. Exactly. We want the long-form death certificate, please. Think about what this means. The most powerful country in the world is being governed according to the dreams of a Lao tribesman of the 1950s. A polygamist who abandoned his wives, drank himself into stupors, and bounced around on two iron legs after his real legs had to be amputated because of a car crash caused by his drunk driving. All right, now... Whenever I read this, the first thought I had was, is Barack Obama's father Tony Stark? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. But seriously, just because this dude's father, you know Maybe not the best guy. We know from personal experience, your parents' actions do not reflect on who you are. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know, though. I may become a late president in my agenda to, you know, persecute everybody with weird-looking hair. <laughs> just, just continue your work, Dad. Your campaign slogan is, show me that kung fu shit. 
This philandering, inebriated African socialist who raged against the world for denying him the realization of his anti-colonial ambitions is now setting the nation's agenda through the reincarnation of his dreams in his son. The son is the one making it happen, but the son is, as he candidly admits, only living out his father's dream. The invisible father provides the inspiration, and the son dutifully gets the job done. America today is being governed by a ghost. Dun dun. All this talk wasn't like Obama's father, like a goat farmer or something. <laughs> yes. Because I remember, it was it 2004, the Democratic National Convention. There was like a one-upsmanship with uh, all the Democrat guys who come out and spoke. Like, you know, John Edwards come out and spoke. He's like, my daddy was a poor mill worker. And then Dick Gephardt came out. My, my father was a coal miner. And Barack Obama kind of blew the fuckers all the way. My father was a goat farmer in Kenya, and he just dropped the mic and walked off. Then Mitt Romney walked in and said, My papa owned a steel mill. <laughs> he would have employed all your fathers. Ha ha. For some reason, he was dressed up like a schoolboy. <laughs> he had a giant lollipop. <laughs> Curls in his hair. <laughs> he was 55 at the time. So, all I get from... The jacket of this book is Barack Obama's father was amazing. Yeah, obviously, I mean, if if his ghost is running shit in Washington D.C., <laughs> he's much more effective than all of Congress, the Senate, and the White House combined. He's more effective than any living president. Exactly. I mean, Bush Senior was a ghost while he was still in office. <laughs> now that's more like Reagan. Oh no, Reagan was more of a zombie. <laughs> Reagan was brought back from the dead by voodoo in the late seventies. Fact. Ironically, by Obama's father. Ah, see that that's another layer to this conspiracy. We're we're weaving like a a web here, a web of lies, deceit, and voodoo magic. <laughs> We've discovered that America has been ruled for centuries by a, a womanizing alcoholic ghost with two iron legs. <laughs> so there's that craziness. Yes, that's. That's the craziness that, I mean, if you've been living in uh, living where we've been living the past four years, it's nothing out of the ordinary. That's something that's always fascinated me. I get not liking a particular president. Yeah. But the level of supernatural hatred <laughs> that gets thrown towards Obama, especially in the South, has always befuddled me. Do you think, I mean, you know, all jokes aside, do you think racism does play a role in it? I do. I would say so as well. I wouldn't say it's maybe intentional, maybe necessarily intentional racism. Or maybe it could be us, you and I, more susceptible to noticing it, you know. Because I remember in the 90s, uh, I was young, but I remember most of the people in my family didn't care for Clinton, you know. They, they did they did get around to liking him once the whole Monica Lewinsky thing came out. Once he had sex with a white woman. Like, who hasn't fucked fat girl? That's what my father said. <laughs> I had a problem with Bill Clinton because he was the real first black president. Pretty much. With his saxophone. Smoked weed, you know, cheated on his wife. So basically he was being a stereotypical black president. Exactly. And then Obama come along and he's the first black white president, or white black president. It's so confusing. He's just president. There you go. Way to be mature about it, Matt. <laughs> he's just the president. I don't see color, James. All right. Ham is gray to me. I can't see anything. <laughs> What's blue? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck blue is. You got a problem with that? Hey, give me give me that round thing. You mean orange? Why you got to fuck with me? <laughs> I'll never know that word and what it means. Matt, you just passed a red light. Fuck you. <laughs> I passed a gray, bitch. Why do you have to remind me of what I can never know? Um, But you mentioned there is the regular crazy that you and I have gotten used to. And there's also, uh, I'll say you take that craziness to the next level. Yeah, this is where we go from regular and crazy to... Apparently a bunch of people have decided to do that. <laughs> and this came out uh, two days ago, actually, when uh, apparently 15 people from representing 15 states decided to start a petition with the White House. To have their states officially secede. 
Because it worked so well last time. And of these states, let's see. There's Louisiana, Texas, Montana, North Dakota, Indiana, Mississippi, Kentucky, North Carolina, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, New Jersey, Colorado, Oregon, and New York. New York seceded? Well, I mean, seceded in the fact that there's like one son of a bitch somewhere probably who filed a petition with the White House. That's pretty much, I mean... Well, he was speaking on behalf of the city of New York. But, yeah, like, you know, all these states, for the most part, I get, like, Texas, of course, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, they're gimmies, North Carolina as well, Mississippi, always, but fuck Mississippi, that's our motto here at Below the Bible Belt. Fuck those 20 guys. (laughs) Indiana's here, so that means if there's ever a new Confederate States of America, you, I, and MB will be part of it. We'll be generals. We have to grow out our facial hair. I'm starting that now, so. But like I said, these, apparently what it is, is according to the article, you have to get about 25,000 signatures on this petition in order to even have, you know, the president or whoever seriously look at the request. And I think last time I looked, Louisiana had about 7,000 petitions. They were not fucking around with this thing. I'm looking at all these petitions. These petitions are fucking crazy. (laughs) Shockingly. The New York one. Uh, is 4,093 signatures. The state of South, South Carolina, 3,800. Michigan, 3,700. Are they all homeless people? I don't know. Well, you would think, I wouldn't think so, because I think you need, do you sign digitally? Because I figure homeless people, you know, their internet access would be severely limited. Well, they spend a lot of time in the public library. That's true. There is the Indiana petition has 4,600 signatures. Half of those are by MB. Alabama has 6,300. <laughs> oh, my family. I think the winner, though, is Texas. 21,000 signatures. So the city of Houston. <laughs> Louisiana is probably going to be second. They've got 14,000. So, But, yeah, I just I found this hilarious that, you know, it's their knee-jerk reaction to the election. We're leaving. No, we're not leaving the country. Like we're we're taking the area around us and making it leave. You get out of our country is what we're saying. That, that's what I wonder. Like, I mean, if this actually ever comes to pass, I mean, I doubt it would last a year at most. Because you know, once you get all that all that money, that government funding and stuff, you know, it's gone. It's just gone. All the the money from income tax and stuff like that, it's just gone. You know? What industry does Alabama have to keep it afloat? <laughs> Come see the bay. <laughs> well, you could make uh, make Alabama the horse fucking capital of the world. That'd, you know tell how much money they'd bring in all kinds of freaks. Look how much sexual tourism Amsterdam gets. Exactly, legalize pot while you're at it. Then make Alabama the Amsterdam of America. <laughs> it already kind of is. I mean, there's really not a law. Of course, you know, you know, people in Alabama they're trendy with their clogs, so. <laughs> Okay, here's an idea I'm proposing to you. Mm-hmm. What if in each of these states, all of those signatures was just one guy? <laughs> it might be. I, you never know. I mean, just a group of crazy people all had the same idea at the same time. They got a phone book and just copied everyone's signature. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I think people are just, you know, it's like those people who say, oh, if Romney loses the election, I'm going to go to fucking Canada, you know. Really? Because of Obama being a socialist, you're going to go to the most socialist country <laughs> in in America, North or South America? I'm going to Canada to get away from all this socialized health care. <laughs> exactly. Free medicine? No. What have I done? At least we've still got Hawaii. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, that raises another question. What if, after realizing that this is just one person per state, the government decided to let them have it? But just that one person would be a sovereign state. So Louisiana would be one person. Alabama would be one person. Then they all get a house together, and that's their country. <laughs> I think that would make good reality TV, personally. That's just me. Oh, yeah. Country house. Twelve crazy people in a house together. <laughs> Their own sovereign nation. They have trade disputes. It's just 
over who has to go to the grocery store. Exactly. What am I? You're the Secretary of the Interior. All right. What does that mean? You're in charge of cleaning all this shit up. Damn it. I can't be Homeland Security. Oh, that just means you cut the grass. The treasurer is just the guy who has a job. I'm Secretary of Energy, so you just change light bulbs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they start a war with the family across the street. Well, in the crazy people's defense, the family across the street are deaf assholes, so... <laughs> Their sneak attack in the middle of the night works perfectly. Their dog takes a shit in their front lawn. We will not stand for this. That's, that's like their version of Pearl Harbor. <laughs> they just start egging their windows. Surprise attack! Launch the stealth bombers. It's just guys on bikes with eggs. <laughs> we will not fail. We will <laughs> not fear. We will not falter. Against the Madougal family. <laughs> Now is the time that our house will look back and say, this was our finest hour. And they get beat by those deaf people. Shit! <laughs> they have uncanny strength. I didn't know that. Why didn't nobody tell me deaf people are freakishly strong? Coming this summer to Fox. I watched that. I'm, there's, a, there's a TV show like that on now about like a nuclear submarine. <laughs> Who Have you seen it? It's not that bad. They... Like a nuclear sub goes rogue and the crew of the sub become their own independent nation. And they've got like 18 nuclear missiles, so they can do that shit. Fuck y'all. That's the name of the show. Fuck y'all. Exactly. Fuck America. Well, how have we not done that yet? Just steal a nuclear submarine and just cruise the world. What the fuck are you going to do? We all just shit in our pants. <laughs> and we're in a sub, so there's no ventilation. <laughs> that was a horrible mistake, but that's how crazy we are. We're that crazy because we didn't think this through properly. I'm kind of regretting it, but not really because if we regretted it, we wouldn't be that crazy. This is my only pair of pants. That's how brave <laughs> I am. <laughs> but speaking of crazy people who want to secede from America. Another <laughs> segue. <laughs> Another segue that's always fruitful. I recently had a certain website brought to my attention by a friend a few days before the election. Mm-hmm. This is a news website that doesn't publish a lot of original articles, mainly just aggregates news articles from other websites like the New York Times. You, you mentioned to me there's sort of like the Huffington Post. Yeah, except <laughs> this website is called Redneck's Revenge. I'm already interested. I like the title. Now, I'm going to show you this website. You folks at home can check it out. I probably shouldn't be giving traffic to this website, but what the hell. If you're put on a government watch list, that's your own business. Well, in, in my defense, I'm already on the watch list, so let's see. Redneck'sRevenge.org. Yeah, the, the headline, I like the headline. It's the same thing that we mentioned last episode. Change your clocks on Saturday, change your president on Tuesday. That was the last post they ever made. <laughs> I, would, I would have liked to see the post, you know, after the election. Fuck! <laughs> I don't believe in anything anymore. My whole world is a lie. He burns down the website. Oh. <laughs> I'll get to their thoughts on the election in a minute. First, let's describe this website to the folks at home. Yes, I'm, I'm looking at it, and there are quite a few things that have caught my eye. Now, the first thing that caught my eye was, on the sidebar, there <laughs> is... A crude 8-bit animation of a stripper giving a lap dance to a gif of the state of Texas. Yes. Well, I mean, come on. What's more America than that? I mean, the state of Texas has urges, too. Exactly. It's a man. Now, directly below that is a countdown to when the Mayan calendar ends. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I want, What I wonder is if they put this up recently after the election, you know? Fuck it. Might as well count down to the end of the world. <laughs> I wish, but apparently it's been on there the whole time. So I, it makes me wonder why they even care about the election. Exactly. Though I do find it funny that they, they're essentially listening to the predictions of Mexicans. <laughs> Ancient Mexicans. Yes. Who weren't near Mexico, but that's not important. Now, below that, there's also, for reasons known only to the webmasters, a robot from Portal. Yeah, what is that? I wonder what that was. I was like, the fuck? They think GLaDOS is Barack Obama. <laughs> He's still alive, damn it. Socialized medicine is a lie. Yeah, socialized medicine is like the cape. And Romney is our portal gun. 
<laughs> Teleporting us to safety. One thing I found looking through, this is a post from October 27th, and there's a picture from Star Trek, The Next Generation. You've got Klingons. There's Worf, you know, the famous Klingon, and two other Klingons. They're yelling up while there's presumably a dead Klingon on the ground or on the on like a gurney in front of them. And <laughs> this Klingon's face, they've been photoshopped. Obama is the Klingon. And if you read that article, it doesn't put it into any context. <laughs> the name of the article is Don't Ask Why. I, I mean, there you go. I guess that's why. I mean, you know, the the, the headline says it all. But I would totally vote for Obama if he was a Klingon. Damn right. Klingons get shit done. And they make such beautiful love. <laughs> now, I'm going to read aloud the names of some of these articles. Now, like I said, mainly it's just reposting articles from other websites. But when they do, they give them the most insane titles I've ever seen. Such as, all white people are going to hell. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Is there anything that more guns won't fix? <laughs> well, they've got us there. Is that black enough for you? There's never a suicide bomber around when you need one. In reference to a story <laughs> about Code Pink protesters. And, poetically, dumb fucks. In a reference to an article about the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> There's one writer on this website who seems particularly insane. He goes by the name of simply Louie Louie. Maybe he's a big Animal House fan. I don't know. But he only refers to Barack Obama as Hussein and really? never capitalizes anything because capitalization is one of the many tools of socialism. Exactly. That's how FDR worked his magic, by capitalizing all those things he did to run over people's rights. He tricked us, the wheelchair bastard. Now, one article Louie Louie posted was about how the New York Times was reporting that the lifespan of uneducated white people had been dropping in recent years. The title he gave this article was simply, Obama Hates White People. <laughs> That's right. That's Barack Obama's secret plan. It's not socialized health care. It's decreasing the lifespan of uneducated white males through his voodoo. He's learned well from his father. Um, the guy's defense. You can't prove that Barack Obama doesn't hate white people. You can't prove that Barack Obama's been subtly influencing the lifespans of uneducated whites. Exactly. Show me on paper where he says explicitly that he did not do any of that. Then I will believe it. Apparently at colleges, they just hand out the elixir to life. But Barack Obama doesn't care if the uneducated, poor white man lives or dies. Now, he wants all the life elixir for himself. So they have alchemists at college. Damn it. Everybody knows Yale has the best alchemy. They've been turning lead into smugness for years. <laughs> now, another article, this one he actually wrote was all about how the Tulsa legal system seems to favor white people against blacks in certain legal cases. The headline for this was, Tulsa, Oklahoma is a fucking great place to live. <laughs> Which I believe is what they're changing to their new state slogan. Uh, mm, I don't know what to say. I mean, at the same time, the internet is both the best place in the world and the worst for <laughs> different reasons. Oklahoma. Come for the grassy plains, stay for the institutional racism. <laughs> hey, I thought that was South Carolina's motto. But it's was, a, the motto of a lot of states. That's true. I mean, Alabama says, fuck a horse. The state motto is done in the Cowboy Bob voice. Oh, fuck a horse. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. I imagine one day Cowboy Bob will be promoted to the director of tourism for Alabama, and it will be glorious. Now, I found another article on here, sadly written by Redneck Texan and not Louie Louie. Yeah, well, I think Redneck Texan has him beat with the, with the name, but it's just me. This one is called Horrible Leftists Some People Respect. It's basically just him talking shit about various liberals throughout history. Mm -hmm. At the end of the list, he gets to Mohandas Gandhi. Oh, no! Seriously! <laughs> What does he say? That skinny fuckhead? 
How dare he? You know he wanted to fight somebody. Bullshit. Now, after listing several reasons for why Gandhi is the worst person who ever lived, his alleged respect for Benito Mussolini, and his war against the Zulus, he says, The clincher is when he left his wife and four children. For a man. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Jewish-German bodybuilder Hermann Kallenbach. Gandhi nicknamed himself Upper House and his lover Lower House, and he vowed to make Kallenbach promise not to look lustfully upon any women. Of course, for a long time, it was hard to get the truth about Gandhi, since he also pressured journalists to not report his actual words, but only transcripts he authorized. Because you know how intimidating Gandhi was. Yeah. Now, now you have to come up with uh, Gandhi attacking. Mahatma Gandhi says he likes women. Let's look at the facts. <laughs> that actually makes Gandhi seem more awesome. Yeah. This Jewish-German bodybuilder. His love of Mussolini. Um, I just love that Gandhi was a top, apparently. <laughs> I guess he had to be, because that bodybuilder would have fucked him up. So he would have ripped him up like paper. I am curious in that article, does he mention any presidents? I assume no, no, no presidents. Not that I can see. Good, good. He mentions Kinsey, the guy who wrote Roots. <laughs> oh, of course, that time. How dare he accurately describe slavery? I was going to say, if he mentioned Harry S. Truman, that's it. <laughs> we, we, we go to fucking war. You're not bad mouth our most racist president, or our second most racist president behind Andrew Jackson. Well, to be fair, Andrew Jackson was racist against the earth. That's true. <laughs> he was just a hatist. He wanted to draw pistols against the moon. I don't like the way that some bitch looks at me. Coming around once a month like his shit don't stink. <laughs> then sneaking away whenever there's work to be done. Always slowly disappearing. First is full, then it's half, then it's christened. That's bullshit. What is this sorcery? Kill it. He just takes out his revolver and starts shooting at the moon. In fact, he ordered the Navy to try to destroy the moon. They fired cannons up into the sky. The face on the moon is actually Andrew Jackson's face. He had his men imprinted on the moon so it would never forget the man who bested it. <laughs> now, as crazy as these articles are, they're not as crazy as... The comments section. Oh, no. Going into the comments section of redneckrevenge.org, it does not disappoint. By the way, I love that's .org. They're so professional. Not to be confused with those liberal bastards at rednecksrevenge.com. Or even the socialist bastards at rednecksrevenge.gov. <laughs> that's just a, a supporting uh, Obama site, rednecksrevenge.gov. I wonder how they feel about rednecks for Obama. I feel like I should post that on one of their comments sections to, to see the just the entire web page go up in flames. I imagine Louie Louie and Redneck Texan would be like they'd be like the the violin players on the Titanic. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, sir. And they start typing racist stuff on their keyboards furiously as the website goes up in flames. They play their banjos. <laughs> All right, now I'm gonna read out a couple of comments from their comments section. I would like to state that the comments reflected <laughs> do not necessarily reflect the views of Matt Johnson or James Lewis. Um, maybe. We'll pick and choose which ones reflect us. The coalition of liberals and secular-minded groups were particularly concerned with Islamist control of the body drafting the country's new constitution. Which is just an amazing sentence. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of big... I'm surprised that anyone that racist could form those you know words that big it's like a weird conservative mad libs yeah it is just you know the coalition of liberals and secular minded groups were particularly concerned with islamists drafting the constitution obama racist mad libs i think you and i may have <laughs> have our end right there to be fair, any game of Mad Libs is as racist as you want it to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never. I, one time I played with my father when I was six. Never again. <laughs> United States military personnel, as I see it, are deployed, and if hostilities are met, the U.S. side kicks ass. 
read that as they kill people. That is what they do. It doesn't matter if the situation is confusing. U.S. military personnel unconfuses it. The only thing U.S. military personnel can't unconfuse is a fucking panetta. Did he just refer to the Secretary of Defense like like as a uh, adjective? I think so. He pulled a fucking panetta, man. A mental image of a soldier seeing a blackboard with a math problem on it and just charging towards it. Ah! What's wrong with my wife and I getting divorced? Ah! Stay together or I'll fucking kill both of you. Unconfuse! Unconfuse! <laughs> it takes a depraved mindset to cut a man's head off or to strap a bomb to your body. I don't think we are capable of focusing hatred on that level. I mean, yeah, I'd love to bomb the shit out of Tunisians. I wouldn't have the slightest remorse to kill them all from orbit or to release an Arab-specific biological weapon. So, in his mind, what makes us different from the terrorists is that we kill from thousands of miles away. You know, hell, strapping a bomb to someone and killing 20 people, you know, that's wrong. And it is wrong. But to say that it's better to launch a bomb from space and to kill 100,000 people is better just because... You didn't lose one person. That's bullshit. That's the difference between them and us. We kill elegantly. Exactly. If Al-Qaeda got fucking Tomahawk missiles, maybe we respect them more. We turn blowing the fuck out of innocent civilians into an art form. That's right. I mean, that's the real difference between a terrorist bombing and a drone strike. Style. Anybody can blow shit up, but to blow shit up with the equivalent of an RC plane takes balls. Nice try, but I said a group that didn't already support Obama. And as we know, his mother, father, stepfather, maternal grandparents, paternal grandparents, homo Hawaiian mentor, Chicago co-workers, reverend, and political supporters were all commie. So sure, he didn't pick up any support there. Commies love Barack because he reminds them of Vladimir Lenin, who was a slim, suave motherfucker in his own right. <laughs> Okay, two things. One, I do agree Barack Obama is a slim and suave motherfucker. Yeah, and I will say Lennon was to a certain extent. Two, that just makes Obama more awesome to know that he had a homo Hawaiian mentor. It's like, once again, we're getting back to the black exploitation, all that stuff. (laughs) I just imagine like that description of Obama being played with Isaac Hayes in the background. With help from his communist homo Hawaiian mentor. Isaac Hayes played that role in the movie. <laughs> Just imagine Mr. Miyagi in a Hawaiian shirt. With his life partner, had to say. Teaching him about socialism. <laughs> I want a homo Hawaiian mentor. They sound so lovable. Once you take this pebble from my hand, you will know the values of Obamacare, my son. Oh, Big Lou. <laughs> and my favorite... Which simply says, one of Hussein's many failures was his wish to start a race war in the U.S. (laughs) So not only does Obama want to start a race war, he's a failure. He failed to start a race war, but, uh... How do you fail to start a race war? Exactly, it's not that hard. How do you fuck that up? Just say, hey, I'm black, you're white, fuck you. (laughs) That's all you need to do. All you have to do is stick your head out the White House window and say, Race war! Yeah, it's like going into a cafeteria with food fight. Everybody's itching for a race war. I imagine if Obama had started a race war, Joe Biden would be confused. Who do I I fight for? I am from Delaware, the second most whitest state in the country. But then again, my best friend is black. It's Obama and Harry Reid in a room together. Biden has a shotgun. He doesn't know who to shoot. Shoot him. He's the traitor. Shoot him. He's the traitor. I don't know. They both look alike. <laughs> now, as we said earlier, the site has not updated since the election. They just have the headline, Time to find out how many stupid people there are in America, hosted <laughs> by Redneck Texan on the 4th at 6.20 p.m. I like to think that they're just Redneck's Revenge no more. They've thrown their rebel flags and their computers in the trash can. While they have not posted another article, they have been posting in their own comments section. Now, the first comment simply reads, If present polling is anywhere near correct, 
every other person you pass is a complete waste of space. <laughs> it's, it's like they're in the Matrix now. Everyone you pass could be a liberal. Until they're ready to wake up, they're all our enemy. <laughs> exactly. Hugo Weaving's liberal. I knew it. Mr. Romney. That's what he does. They try to outboring each other. <laughs> he can't equal Romney's monotone. His monotone and his stories about quiet weekends drinking eggnog in the Catskills. And his father weeping. Hugo Weaving just pulls out his gun and shoots himself in the head. Another win for Mitt. And he walks away with his lollipop. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Romney. <laughs> if I buy stock, it will be in the fire sale the local commie corporate newspaper will soon be having. Keep notes, as they incite to riot, by the way. I have no question a grand new America is rising. Just whether it will come about through the ballot box. Might be fun to ride herd on your local polling place as the Black Panthers come to collect the boxes. I like that in their world, Barack Obama employs Black Panthers. <laughs> like he's Batman in The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> that I mean, oh god, this is – I have to give you props for finding this website, seriously, because this is a gold mine, James. Technically, it was Mike Napier of the Pulp Nightmare podcast, but I'm still taking credit for it. Like any good Southern man, you profit off the hard work and toll of others. <laughs> of course. Do you remember that this becoming an issue in the last election? Like, there was video of one crazy Black Panther at a poll, and they just, Fox News kept playing it over and over really? and over again. Yeah, no, I don't remember that. I was this, like, crazy, ranting guy in a beret, talking about how he hated every bit of a cracker. Well, you know, strike one, he's wearing a fucking beret. <laughs> but uh, it was, like, just this one guy... Fox News kept playing that video over and over and over. Are the Black Panthers responsible for voting suppression? Is the Obama campaign employing Black Panthers? I didn't think it was a Black Panther. I think it was just a guy in a beret. He just, he just, he just had good fashion sense. Is that a crime? The important thing was he hated every bit of a cracker. <laughs> I hate his cracker eyes, and I hate his cracker nose. I hate his cracker fingers, and I hate his cracker toes. <laughs> the racist Dr. Seuss right there. Now, maybe they weren't too far off whenever they talked about the world ending in 2012. The last time a president got reelected with the economy tanked, it was FDR during the Great Depression. I see a lot of parallels. Yeah, remember when the world ended when FDR was elected? Oh, yes, quite vividly. He just fucked the country up the ass, didn't he? Exactly. With his, with his new deal. With his new deal and, you know, Social Security and... Take care of the elderly? Not in my country. <laughs> this is when Redneck Texan decides to join them. Motherfucker. I think we pretty much all live in a big California now. We're part of this social experiment whether we want to be or not. And I feel like I've just been sentenced to four years to life. <laughs> I do want to say that he starts off probably the best line that you can start off anything. Motherfucker. <laughs> That's how every debate should begin. Uh, welcome in, motherfuckers, to you know this college where we have the debate. Um, motherfucker, you have the seat. <laughs> thank you, motherfucker. Um, my fellow motherfuckers. That'd be black exploitation, Obama's state of the union <laughs> address. My fellow motherfuckers. Y'all need to chill the fuck out. Seriously. The state of the union is fly. <laughs> then he fights Kung Fu Nixon. He's just surrounded by his entourage of Black Panthers. They're his secret service. We need to make this happen. Black exploitation Obama. Michelle Obama's there with her afro and her nunchucks. Out of sight, bright baby. Ain't no drama when you're in the house with Obama. <laughs> Mitt Romney's there as the evil whitey. <laughs> Him and Carl Rove are collectively known as the man. <laughs> Turns out Bain Capital wants to tear down the White House so they can build a shopping center. The only thing Obama can do is he has to have a, a fundraising dance-off to beat Mitt Romney. Okay, if we, we have to move on. Or this is going to be the rest of the podcast. That's true. All right. This last one was particularly special to me because I have no idea what this has to do with the election. But in the middle of this discussion, somebody simply comments, I always liked and got along with Mexicans. When confined, the Mexicans ran the show. 
they would walk right in your barracks, change the TV channel, and sit in front of you. I asked my Mexican bud about that. He said, you white boys don't stick together. In the stockade, the best place to make enemies was in the chow hall. The blacks daily walked right to the front of the line. Every one of them, no matter what kind of wuss mofo they were, and no <laughs> one said shit, and the guards laughed. We are laughed at, too. That was like a poem. That is... In the middle of a political discussion. That's like something out of... That's like Joseph Conrad, the heart of darkness right there. No, that's like a fucking Colonel Kurtz speech. I know. I I went to the channel line. I saw into the abyss. Just expect a morbidly obese Marlon Brando in a moo-moo reciting that <laughs> while eating strawberry ice cream. That's like the poster to an 80s movie. We are laughed at, too. Red Dawn. <laughs> Like, I could see that being on a poster on the wall of a college student <laughs> next to his M.C. Escher painting and his Van Gogh. Now, I don't want you to think that Redneck's Revenge is alone in their craziness, because they have an entire list of recommended blogs that are similar in tone. Matt, yes, sir. if you'll indulge me, I would like to read this list. Uh, I, I'm, I'm getting my popcorn ready. Blogs recommended by Redneck's Revenge. A Train Wreck in Texas, Active Survival, Acute Politics, Adventures Living Off the Grid, Beer and Sandwiches, California Yankee, Conservative <laughs> Beach Girl, Conservative Ooh. with Libertarian Leanings, Contrapunctus 24, Cop the Truth, Dive Desk, Elder of Zion, Zion, it's misspelled by the way. Uh, of course. Gates of Vienna, Hard to Swallow, Impossible Scissors, Infidel Bloggers Alliance, Low Dog on the Totem Pole, Mr. Sparker, Nomad Life, Nuke Gingrich, Random <laughs> View, Rednecks Unlimited, Righty in a Lefty State, Stormbringer, Texican Tattler, Theo <laughs> Spark, Last of the Few, Thunderpig, Warsaw Station, Watchman's Soapbox, and Zero Hedge. I want to know if we can find Conservative Beach Girl's number. <laughs> I want to see about Theo Spark, Last of the Few. <laughs> I think you click on that and it's just a 50s comic strip set in outer space. That does. That sounds like a very epic uh, title for a blog, I'd say. Theo Spark, The Last Conservative Alive. In a world full of rampant liberalism, only one man will make a stand. It's like I am a legend. He's just surrounded by liberals that only come out during the day. <laughs> They're after my money. Ah. <laughs> well, that was a trip down a rabbit hole. Yes, we, we, we got into some of the, the weird parts of the internet. But I think we've wallowed in the dark side of this podcast long enough. What do you say we check in on an old friend? An old friend. Um, sure, why not? Don't sound so... I'm struggling. I'm, I'm at war with myself, James. You don't like friendship. Friendship is another socialist tool. Friendship is social socialism. <laughs> yes, Matt. Let's check in on an old friend who comes from the South. It came from the South. All right, this first story, I've only got two stories. Um, this first story involves a recurring character, or the return of a character. From uh, He's a person, but I call him a character. Because he's <laughs> a character. I'm still not convinced he's real, by the way. Our old friend, Councilman Charlie Tillman, the one-armed member of the Count Falls City Council who did battle with the police department and won. He fought <laughs> these men and... You know, political intrigue, and he won. He got the the people who he called racist suspended. The police chief resigned, and at the end of the day, he was sitting pretty on his one-armed throne. And then he took that shit to Facebook. Exactly. He sued Mark Zuckerberg. He had a twin brother all this time. Yeah. Who's missing a foot. And the, he has the other half of this amulet. Oh. Um. But no, this story it comes from. Uh, I heard about it uh, back in October. It was right. It was like a day or two after we recorded 
the October blow the Bible Belt because I was kicking myself because I wish we could have used this one. But um, apparently, Councilman Tillman is coming out with allegations that another councilman is racist. Did it what? Mayor Pro Tem Keith Ashley, and this is a guy. My father grew up with this guy. Uh, it's funny. He's one of those guys that he's got a nickname, and you, everybody knows him by his nickname, but no one really knows how he got his nickname. And everyone I've ever heard of, they call him Chicken Leg. And Chicken Leg, uh, him and my father, they've kind of not really gotten along because, <laughs> surprisingly, my father is the type of person who will hold grudges. Wait, your father doesn't get along with somebody who also has chicken legs? <laughs> That's what it is. He's jealous of the nickname. Um, but when they were in high school together, Chicken Leg's like a year or two older than my father. And Chicken Leg got him like laid off from his job. And so he's always kind of had a grudge against him. Not really a grudge, but he's never really cared for him too much. I mean, they they both coached my brother and Little League, so I mean, they got along <laughs> back then. Anyway, all that backstory aside, he's now mayor pro tem of the town. You know, he got elected a couple years back. But apparently, according to uh, Charlie Tillman, uh, Chicken Leg called him at a meeting, a special called meeting behind doors. He said Charlie Tillman was quote dumber than dark. And I remember when I first heard this, I was like, that, that doesn't make sense, you know? I don't get it. I mean... Is he saying he's more unintelligent than he is dark? I guess, I guess, but I found out like a week or so later, my grandfather, he keeps up with the news in town. He's plugged into the Gossip Central. But you were uh, going to say, my grandfather, he's racist, so he knew what it meant. <laughs> he's like, exactly, that's, that's exactly, he, he told me in detail. No, but apparently, according to Chicken League, what he said was... He said the guy was dumber than dirt, and Charlie Tillman misheard him. <laughs> and assumed he said something racist that exactly. didn't work as a sentence. Exactly. But that's the last I've heard of this story. I just thought it was amusing that uh, he's out crying racism again. Um, interestingly enough, uh, when I gave the first story last time, I mentioned how he got arrested for DUI. Um, that's never been resolved. I don't think he's ever been officially charged or, you know, he's been brought up on charges or anything. So, I mean, he said what all he wants to about racism. I think he got away with driving drunk. And honestly, the guy, if he's drunk and he's driving, he's one-armed. I mean, he's already, you know, handicapped. Handicapable, man. Yeah, I guess. But, um, there's that. And another news story actually concerns you down in Alabama. Wait, what? Wait, what? It's just, you were watching? I'm always watching. But during the election, there was a write-in vote for the president. And someone in Alabama, uh, I believe it's around Tuscaloosa, which is could be no surprise. But in the, president, in the presidential ballot, they wrote in for president Nick Saban. And for those of you who don't know, Nick Saban is the head coach of the Crimson Tide football team. Two-time national champions. He's won two national championships in Alabama. And so... Whoever this person was, they felt that after taking Tuscaloosa by storm, he was more than capable of going to the Oval Office. Wait, wait, wait. Did they say Nick Saban, roll tide? No, unfortunately, they did not. They should have said that. That's like crying out Jumanji. Like, you have <laughs> to say roll tide or it doesn't count. Interesting enough, someone put as his uh, vice president <laughs> is a guy named Jay Sewell, who is apparently the golf coach at Alabama. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, Saban Sewell, 2016, maybe. maybe a football not. coach teaming up with a golf coach. It's like Lincoln's cabinet of rivals. Exactly. They'll, they'll take the political scene by storm. Um, I'm pretty sure Saban won't accept if he is nominated for president because he's got his sights set on a much higher office. And that is, of course, given the honorary title of Cowboy Nick Saban. <laughs> An honor higher than the Congressional Medal of Honor. <laughs> he will have to wear a cowboy hat at all official Alabama games. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. I mean, it's very fitting that I'm pretty sure Alabama isn't the only place where someone wrote in like a coach or something as a writing candidate. Apparently they had a lot of trouble with people writing in Master Chief. Really? Because Halo <laughs> 4 shipped the same day. <laughs> I would totally be all for a President Master Chief. Just just an Obama photo of him that just says, I need a weapon. <laughs> I don't trust Master Chief. Fucker, I never see his face. <laughs> we don't know if we hate him or not. He may be a black Muslim behind that face. You don't know. Behind that mask. I mean, what do I accuse him of? Being an uncaring white man? Being an untrustworthy black man? Being a sneaky Arab? Being just a power-hungry woman? I mean, we don't know. 
We need something to attack him with, exactly. It's only fair. It's not fair to deny us of our preconceived notions. Exactly. We worked hard conceiving them. This has taken hundreds of years of racism and hatred. At least begrudge us that, man. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much, like I said, that's pretty much all I got. I don't know if you have anything yourself, James. Just my personality. So, nothing. Yeah. <sighs> don't worry. <laughs> I'll find true love one day, I know it. One day. One day. You, you'll find your, you find your soulmate, I'm pretty sure. And there will be a cowboy. We'll be married by a cowboy. I will come to Alabama and be officially ordained as a cowboy, and I will marry you. Roll Tide. Well, this episode's been a roller coaster. <laughs> it's been something. I mean, we've gone from the roots of Obama's rage to the revenge of rednecks. From one-armed councilmen, who apparently also have hearing problems, to President <laughs> Nick Saban. And don't forget exploitation Obama. Oh. He's making the White House black. It's only a dope. Would deny hope. <laughs> Just stop trying to come up with things around hope with. <laughs> Until the South rises again, I am James. I am still Matt. And you just been below the Bible Belt. First Lady and, his, and their daughters, Sasha and Malia, are walking out right now. The President, First Lady, Sasha and Malia, here they come. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late.